The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Membership here in beautiful Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to. Subscribe to. Oh, my God. Hang the podcast vendor of your choice. Please Either way, there. thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 51st birthday today, and I and I think this is appropriate-ish because okay. it's actually somebody that our producer really admires. Mm. Happy birthday to Guy Fieri. <laughs> the mayor of Flavortown <laughs> the himself. The mayor of Flavortown it's pretty good. Turns himself. 51 today. Yeah, it's, it doesn't look a day over 32. Yeah. Probably spiking the hair. It's something about it. <laughs> and probably just like... Clothes. Sure. The clothes. He's got <laughs> a zest for life. <laughs> and <laughs> he's got a zest for something. And sitting to my right, the calm, rational New Orleans Saints fan to my NFC Championship game, our West African prince, Tishmil Johnson. Yeah. That, Cal- yeah. Calmer Oof. than you are, dude. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? It saved the, <laughs> save the city of Atlanta. I, uh, yeah. Good. The city was going to burn if New Orleans made that <laughs> Super Bowl. Oh, my God. That was quite something. Today is um, Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019. 310 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 694. 694. Ken Henderson's OPS in his Lester's Texas Rangers career from 1977. 75 games. He was, of course, very, very memorable. Yes. On today's show. We all remember him well. We are going to continue our series of college football postmortems. Uh, we are going to go to uh, San Marcos, talk a little bit of Texas State Bobcats. I can't wait. What went right, what went oh. wrong, and what we can expect in the future for the Bobcats. And then, back half of the show, um, our Matt Stepp, intrepid reporter Matt Stepp, was on the road this weekend in Longview, the city of champions. It's true. Um, to At the uh, Piney Woods Clinic. Is that what they call it? Correct. The Piney Woods Clinic. Uh, talking with a number of high school or high school football coaches out there. Uh, we're going to hear from Huntsville coach Rodney Southern after their remarkable season. And we'll hear from North Crowley coach Courtney Allen as well. That's coming up here at the back half of the show. So stay tuned for all of that. Let's continue our series of college football postmortems, looking at the 12 FBS teams across the Lone Star State and uh, kind of dissecting the season as a whole. Um, we are now on to Ishmael's beloved mm-hmm. Texas State Bobcats. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't a great year for Texas State. Nope. Three and nine, and they fired their coach, so we're going to get into it. Let's, let's be positive first. Sure. What went right? I want to hear from you uh, what went right. Basically everything about the defense. Yeah, um, every, the defense was legitimately good this good this season. It wasn't, it wasn't what the past couple of years were, which is trending up and oh, mm-hmm. you know, if they get things right, it was legitimately good. Mm-hmm. I believe it was top fifty or close to top fifty S and P plus fifty third, fifty third S and P plus. And I mean, from an efficiency perspective, their yeah. defense was outstanding. Yeah, they were in fact fifteenth um, in the nation mm-hmm. in su- defensive success rate, there you go. which is amazing. Wow. Yeah. 
the only issues they had on defense was they had a knack for giving up the big play. Yeah, they would give up like they they would get like third and nine, mm-hmm. and then they'd give up a sixty yard touchdown. Run. Right, and I think that's watching the team over the past couple of years. That's kind of the natural uh, results of playing a secondary that's mm-hmm. been young. And, like, it's been young for the past couple of years, and they've just kind of been young together. There's really, There really hasn't been that senior standout um, or junior upperclassman that's been able to bring these guys along. And so from for these these guys have played since freshmen, and you're not, you're not guaranteed to necessarily just automatically be able to – I don't want to say get better because that's a little sure. too critical, but you're not, you're not automatically going to be shut down. Yeah. Right. And if so, if you're going to be if you're going to give up plays as a freshman and then no one's going to teach you really how to stop those plays as a sophomore, you might continue to give them up as a junior. Yeah. You know, it's not uh, improvement isn't exponential in every case. Yeah. I think when you don't have those players in the secondary and it's again, it's been that way since for about three years now where they haven't had. It's the same group of guys. Right. And so I think this is just the knack that they're going to have. They're going to give up big plays. But you're exactly right. Is that they, from a defensive standpoint, they were really, really solid. Mm-hmm. They were they were probably, you know, one of the better teams in the state defensively. Right. Um, they, they did have a knack for giving up for, for giving up the big play. But but overall, if you look up and down the, 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 the numbers, they were really, really solid defensively overall. Um, that you're, you're exactly right. I think that's where you would start and kind of end with what went right. Mm-hmm. Right. So now let's talk about what went wrong. Um, almost everything with the offense. Yeah, uh, rotating rotating window at quarterback, uh, partially due to injury, partially due to quality of play. Uh, running backs were fine, mm-hmm. question mark, but uh, without a quarterback, you know, without a downfield threat, the running game could be zoned in on. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you can say Keenan Brown was a was a yeah, obvious, was a an bright obvious spot. bright spot, but other than him. It was really yeah. Really the, the grasping could, at straws. They couldn't figure out who they wanted to be the quarterback, mm-hmm. and more importantly, like they they never established any sort of running game. Yep. Like their running game, it, it's okay if you can't decide on a quarterback, but you got to have a great running game. And mm-hmm. they and they simply didn't. Yeah. Offensive line was not very good. Um, it was uh you know uh, let's see sack rate. They were 122nd in the nation in sack rate. Um, th- this team was not very good def- uh, offensively overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this about Texas State. They go three and nine. Mm-hmm. There were three games they probably should have won that they lost. Yeah, they should have beat UTSA. Should have beat UTSA. They should have beat Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. and they should have beat Troy. Those were basically the three games yeah. that you look at them and and, and I mean they probably they should have beaten probably South Alabama. Too. I think you make an argument for South Alabama too that yeah. they they should have beaten them. Um, you know, this is a team that that I think was in a lot of games that mm-hmm. couldn't finish them. Right. And normally, that's the mark of a young team. Mm-hmm. The problem is, outside of the quarterback spot, this wasn't really a this super is, young team. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a decent balance. They're still playing some freshmen. Yeah. Right, like Jared Jer- Morse mm-hmm. uh, was a freshman this year. He kind of worked his way into the secondary there. But, yeah, it's a lot of sophomores and juniors now. Mm-hmm. And, again, I think that's... That's kind of the biggest, I guess you can say the biggest indictment of the Withers era. We can get to the coaching change mm-hmm. in a sec. Um, that's kind of the biggest indictment is, you know, you can play all these young guys and it's great and they can improve. They will get better. They're going to, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to get their butts beat first <laughs> because yeah. they're they're being introduced to college football. But you can play them early on. But if you're not supplanting that or uh, backing that up with experience, with mm-hmm. junior college players, with guys that are ready to play at this level right now, you're just kind of getting these kids beaten down, yeah. right? And so eventually it kind of wears down over time, and now they're it's a team of upperclassmen, especially on offense. It's a team of 
bordering upperclassmen that have just been kind of getting beat for three years. Well, and that's the thing is that they go three and nine, mm-hmm. and you think about okay, if those other if those three games you sh- if, if three of those four games, let's you know South Alabama game they were in it. Sure. Maybe we can make an argument that whether or not they should have won it, but. Mm-hmm. They certainly, I think, should have beaten UTSA. Yep. They certainly, I think, should have beaten Georgia Southern. They mm-hmm. lost fifteen to thirteen. And and then obviously Troy's pretty good, but yeah. you had them beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> In a lot of ways, you were the better team that day. Mm-hmm. If you flip that, all three of the, those games, yeah, you're bowling, mm-hmm. and and things are a lot different. And Everett Withers is probably still there. So yeah. it's it's just interesting that they were they're unable to finish. Uh, games, which I think was probably the biggest indictment of what went wrong uh, for them, besides, of course, uh, the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk uh, offensive MVP. I think it's got to be Keenan Brown, the receiver. Um, I think that overall, you know, he was a first-team all uh, first team all Sunbelt uh, pick. Uh, he was by far, I think, their most consistent threat. Mm-hmm. Um, he got targeted 73 times, 51 catches, 577 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, he led them in all of those categories. Mm-hmm. He was by far their go-to guy uh, at the tight end position and and um, a real bright spot on an otherwise forgettable offensive year. They were, trying, they were inventing ways to get him on the ball. They yeah. had him on the Wildcat. They had him doing end-arounds. Like, when you see a tight end doing an end-around. But, <laughs> he had uh, two rushing touchdowns. Right. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, no, Keenan Brown was a lot of fun to watch. It was a great find by Everwithers and the staff to get him from Oklahoma State, where he had no, you know, discernible game time there, mm-hmm. um, and turn him into probably other than Sternberger, probably the best tight end of the state. Yeah, uh, I think so. I, mean, I think it's Sternberger and then him. Yeah. So um, I think PFF actually had him as the best in the state. Wow. Uh, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he apparently did really well at the Senior Bowl too. So. Uh, good for him all around. Hope he does well in the NFL. Um, defensive defensive MVP. I think there's a lot of different places you could go mm-hmm. um, because the defense was actually pretty good. I think if you want to say Nicholas Daniels, I think that that's that's in the mix. I think yeah. he was he was pretty solid overall. Um, I think that Frankie Griffin, the linebacker spot, should deserve uh, deserve a little bit of run as well. Uh, but in the end, my pick's got to be Brian London. It's got to be Brian London. Um, this is the guy that's been doing it for four mm-hmm. for three years. Uh, it's crazy to think about that. He still has one more year left. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I believe all these linebackers come back. Daniels, London, uh, I think and Griffin Calvinson, got another and year. Griffin got another year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this line, the linebacking core is going to be interesting. The difference is. Now they're, I believe they're switching to a four three mm-hmm. because that's where Zach Spavital, at least Tech, was a four three when Zach Spavital was the linebackers coach. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. I want to assume that he's going to be make it a four three. What happens with that front seven is going to be really interesting because yeah. they just finally started to make that three four work. Yeah, and so let's let's move on to, to where do they go from here yeah. um, in the future for Texas State. Obviously, the the headline is going to be the coaching change. Jake mm-hmm. Spavital is in. Everett Weathers is out. Um, Jake Spavital is, is is you know we, we did our, our segment on him uh, a couple of weeks ago when he got hired mm-hmm. about how he's he's a hot name yep. and and a guy that I think a couple of years ago if you had said hey Jake Spavital is a new coach at Texas State you'd be really fired up mm-hmm. um, you know he's lost a little bit of his luster I don't necessarily agree with him losing the luster but he has mm-hmm. um, but overall he's inheriting a team that I think is is very interesting from the perspective of he's an offensive guru. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got a fixer-upper on the offensive perspective, yeah. on the offensive side. The good news for him is that you look at that defense, which, of course, as we mentioned, was was by far the bright spot of this team mm-hmm. and, and one of the better defenses, I think, in the state overall. And almost everyone's back. Yeah. London's back. Daniels is back. Griffin's back. Morris is back. Newman's back. Uh, Anthony Taylor's back. Uh, Anthony J. Taylor. Yeah. Um, Cordell Rogers is back. Uh, Kavion Patton is back. Uh, Ja'Shawn Waddy is back. Uh, Clifton Lewis Jr. is back. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, a lot of the guys who were impact players on this, what was pretty good defense, yeah, are back. They're back. 
It's now just up to Everett Withers to fix this offense. You mean Spavadol? Spavadol. Said, I'm sorry. You did, you did the thing. I did the thing. Um, it's now up to Jake Spavadol <laughs> to fix this thing. No, yeah, I agree. Um, and you look at you look at Zach Spavadol as defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Tech's best unit this year were the linebackers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they got so much better on a defense. I got so much better, mm-hmm. and so you could look at that and say, okay, they're, he's inheriting a good product already. Um, he's shown promise at Tech. Now, like you said, I think the biggest question is obviously going to be the quarterback mm-hmm. because. They signed two quarterbacks with the signing class. That gives them five scholarship quarterbacks, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Because um, you still have Gibson, you still have Jones, you still have Vitt. You have uh, – I forgot the two I'm looking these two, two up. Uh, the, the quarterbacks that they signed were – well, they get Dylan Chance, which is awesome. Um, right. uh, Grant Gresh Jensen. Yes, Gresh Jensen, which was – he was at Bob, he was a Bob no, State no, no, in no, Montana. No. That is a made-up name. <laughs> <laughs> Gresh Jensen. There's Gresh no Jensen way that was a JUCO name. signing. He was. He has a relationship with Bob. And Stitt. then Cedric Case from Nebraska. Right. And so, I don't know if if he just looks at. I, I don't know what his mold of quarterback is. Yeah. Right. We've seen him with Manziel. We've seen him with Greer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen him with. Uh, uh, was he with Davis Webb? I uh, believe Cal? so. Okay. So we've seen him with different types of quarterbacks, but I feel like with those two signings, he wants a pocket passer. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be... I don't know if he has one on campus right now. I don't know if he has one on campus right now, and I don't know if... Because you look at the three guys who got the, the who got the run this year. Yeah. Tyler Vitt, Willie Jones, and Jalen Gibson. They're runners. Willie Jones is decidedly a runner. Yeah. Tyler Vitt's a runner. J- uh, Jalen Gibson, I think they want him to be a runner. He's, right. he's better suited uh, to, that's a, to be that's, a runner. That's a name I'm going to say to watch out for. Jalen Gibson. Jalen Gibson, because, yeah, he's... Everett Withers wanted a decisive runner. Mm-hmm. Gibson was not a dis- he's a he's an, he can run yeah he's an athletic kid but I think that he's the kid that he that might get kind of a little rebirth yeah to his to his uh, well he was great at Mejia yeah. well, you know and, and he was kind of that small school guy that when that signing class came out in 2018 is he, he was just a freshman or did he redshirt no he was uh, that was, was 2017 2017 I remember us saying man that's that's a great get for them that's a steal that that kind of small school yeah. under the radar kid. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, the, that's what's so interesting about this is that you have an offensive guy who is stepping into a situation that desperately needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to fix. The good thing is the defense should be able to hold its own yeah. while this gets fixed. Mm-hmm. So it'll be an interesting uh, 2019. And lastly, you do have kind of a sun, the Sun Belt in kind of a little upheaval now. Yeah. You have Neil Brown gone. You have uh, Satterfield at App State gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia Southern was probably looking back but they still show that they can hang with georgia southern mm-hmm. um lafayette looks better mm-hmm. but you know it, the sunbelt was probably the best it's ever been this year but at the yeah, top two it's years a little, probably. you know those t- taking neil brown and satterfield out it's mm-hmm. a little more of an unknown you're exactly right and i think that, that that you know we were talking a little bit about how conference usa is there for the taking mm-hmm. i'm not saying the sunbelt is there for the taking because mm-hmm. you know troy and, and app state have such great pedigrees right and they kind of established there. their foothold yes yeah. but it's it it's not this insurmountable mountain now mm-hmm. where you've got this team at the top that that you're not going to be able to take out. So right. it's there for Texas State, and it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to watch uh, the Bobcats in 2019 with their new head coach Jake Spavital. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. You get two magazines: 2018 Recruiting Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, mailed to you directly right now. You also get pre-order of the 2019 Summer Edition. 
of Dave Campbell's Texas football. We are working on it now, believe it or not. <sighs> um, you get that. Subscribers got it a week early last year, so you get that. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. Computer projections of every Texas high school football game, computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, uh, a season's worth of tap and step, our premium high school football insider podcast, recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete and Greg Powers, Texas Football Today extras, all that good stuff. A lot of good stuff going up for insiders only at TexasFootball.com. All those things that I just listed, the two magazines, a year's worth of content for a low, low price for now. Of 1995 for an entire year. 1995 for an entire year makes a great gift. I'm not saying I have an email from my boss saying that the price is increasing uh, in the next week, but I'm not saying I don't. It's TexasFootball.com/insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It's clinic season. Um, Texas high school football coaches all around the state are gathering uh, hither and yon to uh, learn and to talk to one another and to chop it up with Matt Stapp, our Dave Campbell's Texas football high school football insider. He was out at the Piney Woods Clinic in Longview, the city of champions, caught up with a number of coaches, including Huntsville coach Rodney Southern. What a year for the Hornets. Uh, Stepp caught up with him uh, at the Piney Woods Clinic. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Huntsville coach Rodney Southern here on Texas football today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, back here at the Piney Woods Coaches Clinic. Here with the head coach of the Huntsville Hornets, Coach Rodney Southern. Coach, uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us this morning. No problem. Appreciate it. All right, Coach, uh, you guys had a, had a fantastic year last year, 12-2 uh, and two season, regional finals. Um, just uh, got the whole town behind you. It was a r really a fun run. Uh, looking back on it, preseason, we, we, were, uh, we were getting our questionnaires in for the magazine, and I was talking to, to Greg and Max, and I saw you guys on paper, and I thought, man, Huntsville – They've got a shot to be a really good ball club next year. Uh, from your perspective, I know you thought you'd be good next this, this past year, but did you feel like you guys, you know, really had a chance to win a state title, or did your kids kind of surprise you a little bit? Well, you know, you always want to think that you, you know, you've got a team that can play for a state championship. But I think the the thing that really surprised us is we probably played better up front, offensive line and defensive line. Uh, we knew we were going to have two good defensive guys. Obviously, Tavondre Sweat that's going to Texas. Uh, you know, is a difference maker. But uh, I think those two things, and, and, and I always hesitate to talk about it, but, uh, you know, my son is our starting quarterback, and he had a better year than, than I probably thought he would have had as a, as a young guy just getting his real first starts. But, uh, you know, you always want to think, yeah, we got a chance. But I knew as we, we went to Ples um, Port Natchez Grove and played as well as we did, I knew we had a shot. All right, and how exciting was it? I mean, the whole town got behind you guys. Really, really kind of just everybody kind of just got on got on the bandwagon. Those playoff crowds started to swell. Even when you came up to the Metroplex and played, you had, you had great crowds. Uh, how exciting was that for the, just the community and kind of it sets the tone for the rest of the year, doesn't it? When the football team has a good year. Well, when you play in December, you know there's a lot of things happens in your school and happens in your community. And and I've always been a head coach in one high school towns, which I think are some of the best jobs in the state of Texas. And, and our crowds were tremendous. They were better every week. And I was a little nervous when we went to play Marshall at the Ford Center because that's a three-and-a-half-hour drive from Huntsville. But, uh, you know, they surprised me even more then. And then, you know, we went to the Berry Center. You know, we moved that game from a Friday to a Thursday for the weather. And, you know, and we had as good a crowd as I've seen at a high school football game in a long time. All right, now looking ahead to the offseason, obviously this is this is where next season is, is made. You know, you guys are putting in the work for next year. Uh, what's the focus for you and your coaching staff uh, with your kids this offseason coming off such a great year? 
Well, it's keeping the expectation level as high as we had it this year. And that comes from, you know, guys like y'all. Y'all create those expectations. As Sorry, well. Coach. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's a good thing. But I think that, you know, we've got to replace some key guys. And, you know, when you lose a guy like Tavondre Sweat to Texas, everybody thinks, well, there's, you know, you can't replace him. And you can't. But you're going to have to put somebody in there who's going to have to do the job. So a lot of our focus is there and, and getting that mentality set that, you know, we need to be in this discussion from this point forward. All right, now uh, you come to a coach's clinic. This is a great clinic, great list of speakers. It's kind of your old stopping ground. You spent some time out here at Marshall, uh, so I know you're familiar with the lay of the land, but uh, Coach King and Coach Norton done a really good job uh, getting a great list of speakers here. And I know you've been in, in several lectures, uh, you know, just talking ball and, and, and just getting as much knowledge as you can. Uh, now I don't want to date you, but you've been around a little bit. Uh, what advice do you have for your young coaches? You know, you have a, let's, let's just say you have a, a coach on your staff, you know, a junior high or a freshman coach that's fresh out of college and he's going to his first coach's clinic. What, what advice would you have for a young coach when he comes to a coach's clinic? Well, the first thing I tell our guys, because I, I give our coaching staff the option to go kind of where they want to go because they may have connections in places or they may know people. But the thing that, that I always try to tell them, when you come out of a lecture, it doesn't matter what level – uh, you know, 1A, 5A, 6A, get one thing that you feel like we could bring back to our program and help us. And I said, if you'll keep a list of those things before you know it, you've got a notebook full of things that if I ever have a question, I can always refer back to it because, you know, coaches are notorious as thieves. We steal from each other yeah, all yeah. the time. And, uh, you know, I try to get them always to have one or two things. And I said, bring it back. And, and if we feel like as a staff it's good, we'll try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, it, it didn't hurt us to do that. Now, I know uh, every year, there's all, every time there's a clinic, there's always a bunch of little mini clinics going on out in the, out in the bar after, after the clinics are out and coaches are drawing plays up on napkins. Do you have a trusty pen that you draw your plays up on napkins handy just in case? Well, what I normally try to do as soon as you come in, there's enough exhibits or somebody that's got – pens and pencils and all kind of stuff and uh, but what we try to do or what I try to do is, is keep the relationships you know I had a chance to talk to Scott Surratt yesterday for a long time and he's won a few games hasn't he yeah he's he's done a couple things right in Carthage <laughs> Texas so uh, you know I spend a lot of time doing that because you know you never know you're gonna need to pick up the phone and and call John King and and just talk to John you know I got a young coach on my staff a year ago who's now on John's staff and uh you never know when those relationships are going to help you. You may need a coach or he may need a coach. and uh, it, it also keeps up the, the level of intensity because you see, you know, a guy like John who just comes off a state championship and he's up here directing a clinic today. And he's raring to go already. <laughs> yeah, because he's got to keep that expectation uh -huh. high now because it's at the peak now. All right, is it, is it still last man with the chalk wins when you get, the, when you get drawn the plays up? Well, when you when you sit down and talk to about stuff like that, surprisingly, a lot of times coaches out here, you're not really talking necessarily about scheme. You're talking more about kids and and kind of what's going on. Uh, and then you get you know when you get a chance to sit down with somebody you feel like you know is good, and you just pick their brain. I think sometimes those little mini things may be better than you know a big lecture because a lot of head coaches or a lot of coaches will. They'll give you some clinic talk at times, but they may not give you the real meat and potatoes, right? Every little secret that yeah. they have. But again, you pick up one thing. You know, I picked up something yesterday that we're going to use in a special teams. All right, final question for you now. When uh, when the Dave Campbell's crew comes down to Huntsville to cover a game and watch the Hornets, 
Where do we need to eat pregame? Where, where's, the, where's the best spot to grab a bite to eat in Huntsville? Well, we had our football banquet Thursday night, and we have a, uh, a family or a, a couple guys and his wife in Huntsville, and they have a catering truck, and it's called Arno's. It's Cajun food. Uh, they did catfish for us, but they do uh, shrimp. They're, they got started doing crawfish, but they're on Montgomery Road, and uh, he's getting a free pub out of this, and uh, I'll go by and talk to him about it. But Make sure he gets you a free, free lunch, right? But it's, re- <laughs> it's really good food, and he's a great guy. Coach, appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for what you do for student-athletes in the state of Texas, and uh, good luck in 2019. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. There is Rodney Southern, the head coach of the Huntsville Hornets, checking in with Matt Stepp at the Piney Woods Clinic. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time uh, to chop it up with Stepp out there. Gave us the, uh, the uh, Arno's. That's where we need to eat. Arno's. In Huntsville. It's Cajun food. I have, I've driven through Huntsville. I mean, whenever, well, here's the thing. We're going to drive through Huntsville. Inevitably. When we go to the THSCA coaching school That's convention, true. Mm-hmm. That's true. we're going to be on 45. Yep. We're going to get through. We'll leave early so. enough. You could stop for lunch. Just a thought. Anyway, appreciate Coach uh, Southern <laughs> hopping on with us. Another guy that Matt Stepp caught up with at the Piney Woods Clinic, uh, North Crowley coach Courtney Allen, after his first season there uh, with the Panthers. Uh, excited to see what he does in year two. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with North Crowley coach Courtney Allen here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football here at the Piney Woods Coaches Clinic in Longview, Texas. Here with the head coach of the North Crowley Panthers, Coach Courtney Allen. Coach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us. Anything for you, man. All right, now, uh, you're in the Metroplex, and you got a lot of great clinics in the Metroplex coming up. But you made the trek out east to come out to this clinic. Uh, why would you choose this clinic? Was it, was it the great speaker list you had coming out? Well, number one, you have to respect the, the beast Texas culture of football. You know, uh, a lot of great coaches out here. Uh, different type of brand of football, so you want to come out here and learn what you can and see what you can take back to your place. I know you've been in and listened to a couple of speakers already. Uh, when you come to a coach's clinic, being a head coach now, and you've been a coordinator in the past, but now you're the head coach, uh, do you try to go, you know, I know you're an offensive guy by trade, do you try to go listen to the defensive guys and hear how they're trying to defend the offenses, or now that you're on the offensive side of the ball, do you want to hear how uh, other offenses are attacking the defenses so you can try to talk to your defensive guys? Well, most definitely, you know, in clinic season, that's, that's the deal. You know, if you just go sit on your side of the ball, I think you're cheating yourself a little bit and your kids. Uh, you know, it's it's important to go see what the defense can do to you and likewise vice versa. But another thing was uh, Coach Webb just did a great job with some special team stuff too, and I think that's an area of improvement for my team as well. All right, now uh, first year at North Crowley was last year. I know the season didn't go quite the way you wanted, but you're heading into a new offseason. Has your head stopped spinning? Do you feel like now you got you got your staff in place, your kids are comfortable with you and your coaches? You feel like now you you know you could have a really productive offseason, I would assume, right? Yes, uh, the offseason is going real well. I, the mind never going to stop working and running. Uh, you know, the kids are giving us everything we want. Yes, it's great to have that time to, to, to build that brand, to build that mentality to get them strong and really get them entrenched in, this, in the in the system that we're implementing. So, you know, this offseason so far in the two, well, we've been in it since the end of the season, but, you know, just going strong right now, man, it's been great, man. Do you feel like the kids, uh, because you have that foundation already in place, you're able to build off that foundation and really take it to another level? Oh, yes, sir, man. We played a lot of young kids this last year, man. So, you know, they, they didn't like how it went, you know, and, and something we talk about is the comeback. So we're going to get in there every day and give it everything we have, and, and they're giving us everything we have. Man, I, I'm so excited about the group that's coming up. All right, now uh, 
let's talk about um, instant replay in, in the state championships. Now, I know you're hoping to, to be in a state championship. I know you, I know you coached in one before. When you look uh, – I, I know you were at the games this year at AT&T Stadium. From your perspective, how do you feel like instant replay went? Did you, did you like it? Were you a fan of it? Uh, not really. You can, you, can, you, can be, you can be honest with us. Yeah, yeah, not not really, man, because it, it, it takes up the time. You don't really know who they're talking to. You know, I, it's just some things that I have questions about, you know, but I think as they get ready to roll it out, if that's something they want to do, you know, it'll, it'll come about and I'll probably feel a little bit better about it. All right, now looking ahead to 2019, what kind of team can Panther fans expect to see uh, as, you, as you look ahead? I know there's still a lot of work to be done, but what kind of team do you think uh, you got, can your fans expect to see in 2019? Well, the, the, the growth is, is happening right before our eyes. Uh, the guys are getting stronger. Uh, they're, they're playing, they're moving fast. They're, they're very disciplined. That, that's the thing that I'm most impressed about those kids in North Crowley. Uh, they're very disciplined. So, number one, we're going to be a very disciplined football team. All right, Coach, appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of the clinic, and uh, we'll see you on the, on the circuit here later on this offseason. Yes, sir. Thank you, Matt. There is Courtney Allen, the head coach, the North Crowley Panthers, entering his second year at the helm out there, Fort Worth way. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time uh, to chat with Matt Stepp at the Piney Woods Clinic in Longview. We'll have a few more interviews with Matt Stepp uh, out he, there. He did five more after that. So Did he? Oh, yeah. my God. What a cyborg. Uh, yeah. So we appreciate Coach Allen hopping on with us. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Still getting feedback on the Friday Night Lights episode from Friday. Yeah. I know you're all probably stunned about that. Uh, but I, I do love, uh, I think it was uh, Miziel who says he's never seen it and he doesn't feel like he has to now. I got to be honest. <laughs> so, look, and, and I, wa I want to go into this with an open mind and a willing heart, right? I really do. Mm -hmm. But I also think that this show right now, and I am 20, how many episodes are in the first season? 22. 22. So I'm 20 episodes in. Mm -hmm. Okay. The show's just like a high school drama with like a, it's a high school CW drama with a couple of football scenes. Yeah. Is how I view it right now. The lack of football is a bit troubling. That's the thing. Like there yeah. was an episode. My wife, my wife and I were watching. We we watched like five yesterday mm -hmm. because I had the day off. And why else torture myself? What else? What I do except torture myself? Right. Um, we watched like five in a row, and there was like a, a span of like. Three episodes where there was no football. Yep. Like there was like a practice, yep. and that's it. I'm yep. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I was told that there was going to be football in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's that's troubling to me. Anyway, troubling. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I I'm still not. I'm still not. I'm still not out. I I I, I am enjoying it for what it is, um, for the most part. We're we're in it so, as much as we can be, I think. Right. I mean, again, I'm I'm a guy who likes Twin Peaks, and Twin Peaks is very melodrama too. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's weird. It's Twin weird, that's but like, great. but like, I also yeah. don't mind the melodrama. It's right. weird, so, right. and the dialogue's good. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, two I things that it. this show doesn't have. Well, yeah. I would, I would, then I would argue that like, you know, it's kind of what we go back to: the well-crafted characters, the dialogue's great. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Coach Taylor and Tammy. Unbelievable conversations from about parenting. I agree I like with that. that. Correct. Really, and and like morals and all those and tough decisions in life. There are some great great moments like that. But in general, it's uh, mm. my wife is getting my wife is getting tired of me being. I gotta watch more Friday Night Lights. She's like, it was your idea. It really was. It really was. Actually, you know what? It was David Ubbins' idea. Technically, yes, this is David's. That's true. He was the one that started this in house. Yeah. I know yeah. our fans have always been clamoring for it. Uh, this is something I've just noticed over time. 
Got a lot of Texas State fans that are fans of the show. Oh, a lot of well, Texas State fans. That last uh, Texas State chatter. Well, we, I we don't. Out here, we we out got here. a lot of Ishmael Johnson well, it's true. fans. We got a lot of Ish fans. Yeah, um, so. a couple a couple things that got brought brought up. Uh, Someone want to give a shout to Javen Banks. They think he's going to be. Oh yeah, Javen Banks. He, uh, Javon Banks. There we go. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of receivers Hershey, break right? out. This. That's a Hershey High School. Uh, that's it? correct. That's a Husky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had he had he had some looks. I mean, for a freshman, you hey, know, Jeremiah Haydell too. They had yeah. some receivers break out. They had some guys that that yeah, exactly. They need a quarterback and they need an offense. Or I mean, boy, it would, wouldn't it be great if Texas State could run the ball <laughs> like, just a little. I will say they get Anthony Smith back from yes. uh, Keller Fossil Ridge yeah. next year. He tore his ACL or mm-hmm. some injury, but he was out for the year. So mm-hmm. maybe who knows? We'll uh, see what mini debate broke out in the comments between some of our guys, Jacob, John, Maverick, Ooh. Cassidy, about uh, debate fight. Uh, which which two it's a two pronged thing number one is Texas State at an advantage or disadvantage being the only Texas school in the Sun Belt that was part one part two was is the Sun Belt better than Conference USA yes I think right now yeah at the top I would say yes but I would I might argue that Conference USA is deeper yeah, maybe, but not maybe. by much. I'd it's say close. Top, I mean, the top it's and the close. middle. I'm not saying. I'm not yeah. saying it's. I'm not saying it's, it's a tough. wide gap. I mean, the bottom. I, might I think. Be. I think it's like you said, though. It, it hurts that uh, both App State and Troy's coaches are gone. Well, yeah. and the other thing, the other thing you got to remember is that when yeah. you look at tech, when you look at the conference USA, like for for every team that we count in at, like. Um, Oh geez, I don't know who's even a really good team in Conference USA. North yeah, Texas, yeah, North right? Texas. Yeah, North Texas, a really good team in Conference USA. For every team we have that, you have UTEP and Rice, which God love them, mm-hmm. are among the worst FBS programs in the nation right now. Yeah. And so I, I feel like Sun Belt maybe doesn't have those like true dregs like that that are dra- yeah. that are dragging think, them down. Well, also when you look at the top. Like, so you mentioned the top, right? Yeah. We can say, right. are you taking, and let's take them this year with Satterfield. Right. Yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. New this Brown. last year, I know. So you got the two top in the West and the East. You got Middle yeah. Tennessee and UAB. Yeah. For, mm-hmm. are you taking those over App State Troy? No. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I am. No, that, that's what, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But I'm also, saying let's look, well, let's look at the yeah, bottom, yeah, too. Yeah. UTEP, Rice, yeah. and, yeah, let's go UTEP, Rice. Yeah. Georgia State, Texas State. It's a tough call. You <sighs> think I'm taking UTEP and Rice? I think I am, but. Boy, it's boy, it's tough. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. Um, I think this year, Sunbelt. Maybe was if better, Texas State had actually beaten UTSA, right? Exactly. It was a bad loss. You know what I mean? Uh, Their post-game win expectancy was ninety-six percent. Then they uh, called it quarterback sneak. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. from the one-yard line. An anyway. It's an interesting <laughs> debate. One that you kind of dig into more, and it's actually more even than you think. Um, yeah. Tony, Tony Blaylock. The, the, go, go ahead. The go question. Ahead. I'm sorry. The, the other question you had about the, the being advantage, the only team in the oh in, yeah yeah yeah, in yeah. The conference. It's interesting. Um, is it like A and M in the SEC, or is it not? A it's, little it's, bit, uh, but at the same time, like A and M is still competing with the same people for recruits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A&M still going to compete with Texas and Oklahoma yeah. and LSU and kind of those big time programs for mm. uh, for the best prospects in the state of Texas. Right. I still think Texas State is still competing with UTSA and they're still yeah. competing with you know for in in some instances maybe they're competing with a team like uh, like Baylor or right, they're competing right. with with some of those teams in, in the Big Twelve. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily an inherent advantage to it. Mm. Um, I don't think there is. And I think that you know because the the footprint. Of the Sun Belt also overlaps pretty heavily with Conference USA, which is who right. they are competing with in recruiting. The only thing that I would say is less of a Texas thing than just a location thing within Texas for Texas State, right? You're in mm-hmm. an area where it's very easy to get to a lot of population heavy football areas. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. 20, you're like, on 35, is what yeah, you're saying. Right. Yeah. yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, 
Tony Black says, I attended Southwest Texas State 100 years ago. Pretty sure I ran wh Wacker out of town. I showed up in 82, and he left soon after. Congratulations, <laughs> Tony. Good, good work. Uh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Agnew says, I saw a couple of Friday Night Lights episodes because a guy I went to college with was in a couple of episodes, and it was like you said, more drama, less football. After my buddy's run was done, I tuned out after that. I understand. Oh, I, yeah. I, By I the way, shout that. out Victor Diaz at Spectrum News. I did not yeah. know, I did not know he, was in, the, he was, was in Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I did not know. He I'm was one of the prodding media reporters. Certainly interested to see more cameos, we'll yeah. have more of that. And then finally, Ruben Rios, our good friend, wants to know, if uh, the TFT crew is invited to Scotch and Pie Day this year when we finish the magazine. No. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Harsh. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. Well, what Campbell's. if they bring Scotch and, and Pie? Of course, see us. Then they can drop it off. <laughs> Um, if they bring their own scotch and pie? No, because I have because that's the only time that I get to drink really, 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 really good scotch. What if they bring really, really, really good scotch? No. <laughs> we will kindly ask them to leave. For, I Na tried. for Max Thompson. I tried, Ruben. For Max Thompson, Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm -hmm.